0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey everybody, this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about differences in female categories such as bikini, wellness, and figure. We are not going to go down the fitness and women's physique path, but um, But first, before we go into that um, exciting topic, Chris, why don't you tell us about how your mini cut went?
1: Yes, um, I'm actually really pleased with the results that we've gotten over the past 12 weeks. Um, The intent was to just not just recomp, but pull off some body fat so that my weight was in a more reasonable range when we're headed into the 2023 season because that's when we are expecting to put my physique back up on stage. So we are planning this year, um, being intentional about putting on some good muscle tissue, but then also making sure my body comp was in an appropriate spot so I didn't have to be in a long dieting season. And um, I would say, you know, I, I was apprehensive to diet, I think, when you're in an improvement season for a long time you get comfortable and the thought of like food taken away from you, at least for me, because I'm a improvement season lover, um, was making me a little bit nervous, but I would say Amy did a fantastic job and my nutrition was really modified, um, not just for my physical results, but also for my mentality. Um, she really allowed me to like um, <clears throat> provide insight and help collaborate and you know we did a couple different methods within those 12 weeks and i lost around five to six pounds i lost um half an inch of my waist an inch of my hips and the biggest thing because i carry body fat uh in my legs majority in my legs um is i lost an inch around uh each thigh like my ham tie-in area so i am feeling much better in my skin i feel like i have a jump start on next year um And I feel like, uh, you know, there's that line of where you feel like you don't look like an athlete, at least that's what I feel, uh, because you're just kind of carrying a little bit more body fat than you'd like to. And I feel like I'm back in that spot where I'm feeling confident about my physique. So um, we have more to do, but I think that was a really successful way to treat the summer.
0: And um, yeah, I'm just feeling really positive about it. Yeah. And for the first part of the year, you were... Well, we haven't done a recent DEXA to the conclusion of this mini cut, but you, Mm -hmm. for a long time, you were switching out on the scale. Your weight was kind of staying the same, um, and you were switching out fat for muscle. So yes, I think we kind of crept ahead and surged ahead. And so the scale dropped, um, what would you say overall for this whole year you've lost in weight? Um, I think
1: I started the year around. 140s or maybe a little bit above there yeah actually i think because i remember like trying to just get into the 130s for a bit Mm -hmm. so i've lost at least 10 pounds i would say this year um and every time i've got i've gotten two dexas i think this year and uh i think the first one was maybe like six six pounds of muscle or four to six pounds and then the last one was i think three to four pounds so yeah. It's been a successful year as far as like recomping.
0: Yeah. That's almost an even exchange from, if I'm doing my math right. Um, yeah. Of losing the pounds and fat and trading them out with the pounds of muscle. So I, I yeah. almost feel like it was like high one, like 146, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, so I think you lost closer maybe to 13 pounds, but, um, that's my.
1: When I started in November, what, what I remember November, I was like one, I was at around one forty five, one
0: forty six. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's
1: still less than a year. Yeah, like yeah. you said. Yeah.
0: So about thirteen pounds this year. Yeah. And then about ten pounds of muscle. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that I would say is very successful, and it it just kind of puts you within striking distance for next year. Um, and now we're reversing mm-hmm. you out and you're getting more mm-hmm. food, especially over the holidays. That's more fun. Um, so smart yeah. <laughs> to not be a dieting. I appreciate hard. my coach so much. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I appreciate you. Um, it takes somebody to follow the instructions. So, um, a plan's only as good as the person that follows it. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Collaborative effort. Yeah. yeah. If you don't execute, then kind of wasted um mm-hmm. okay so i just want to give a little life update on my end too i don't know if anyone's interested but i was going to give you a uh like my prep prep files update Yay, um, yeah let's hear it yeah so i am at so i did like a rapid fat loss phase between like july and august ish time frame and um I want to say it was like a six week period that I lost like 16 pounds. I think um, Wow. it was like a little bit, I had lost like, t- at, I think at 21 days I had lost already like 13 pounds when I was in this rapid fat loss phase. And then now I've kind of, um, gone back to like a high, low, uh, carb cycle. So, um, not only do I have high carbs and I have like high, like really high, higher fats than I do on my low days, um, right now. And so I have kind of like stabilized, I guess, but like my inches are moving so I can tell that, um, it's not like super fast on the scale, but, um, mm-hmm. but I'm getting there. So yeah, I'm down about 16 pounds and, um, I'm looking to lose at least, um, to be like at a comfortable stage weight, I would need to lose like 10 pounds, um, for like my normal stage weight. But I kind of want to, I want to push the envelope a little bit more with my conditioning this year. So I'm hoping for like a 13 pound, um, loss as well. But yeah, I'm definitely, (laughs) I definitely have the cut feels, um, you know, at night, especially it's like I just want to always be candid with our listeners because I know that they go through these things. And this is why I Mm -hmm. walk the walk as a coach. I just, I want to make sure that everyone knows that it's, you're always feeling hungry. Like it's very much a battle on a daily, Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the daily, like trying to make it through the 24 hours without like cheating on my diet and stuff like that. So you are going to be hungry. You're going to be more fatigued when you're in a deficit. It's just the reality of it and especially at night so um I mm-hmm. definitely have my chalkboard for like my perfect days and I put a, a you know a mark on the board for all the days that I I made it through and uh, just been kind of taking it day by day and i um, trying to get those wins upon wins because what you do consistently is what's really going to pay off in the end and so um yeah just trying to stack up a bunch of days. And that's kind of how I'm rolling this, this prep. So, so were you, uh, you did your rapid fat loss and, uh, are you,
1: have you completed that and you're in a different phase now?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different phase. So it's more of like a, a carb cycle. So, um, yeah, where that one was like pretty, just like standard low calories for like three weeks just to kind of okay I'm I'm a person I don't like a long cut like I don't I I get I'd rather just be uncomfortable rip off the band-aid I know everybody's different Mm -hmm. like some people like a six month like drawn out thing but I just like it and I my coach is kind of like his style he just keeps my food really high until it's like you know within a 12 week period he just like the rip cord as I like to call it. <laughs> um, yeah. Which I like because it's just like ripping off the band aid. Like, if I'm going to be uncomfortable at all, like, I want to be 100% uncomfortable and just get it done, you know, yeah. and like not spend a whole lot of time in that discomfort, like where I'm like halfway there, halfway not. Like, I'm just, I know, I wish I was a little bit more gray <laughs> when it came to that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I'm just a little, yeah. I, I've been doing this long enough to know that I just, I do better with a shorter, um, dieting phase and I sure. tend to, my body's very adaptive to high calories, but it's like very adapted to low calories as well because of my dieting history. So, um, oh, okay. so like to actually have some movement on the scale, like I really have to dig in and go super yeah. low. So I just don't like to be yeah. in that, that phase very long. Um, and then just that like, sense. Yeah. I mean, I can handle pretty high calories too, like, and kind of maintain my weight. But, but to like actually get stage lean, I have to be pretty aggressive uh, just because yeah. I've, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. My, my body figures out, like, it doesn't, it doesn't like that any sort of, it can, it's like, it smells it coming <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to just like go straight in, like dive into the pool, you know? No, um, I, I think that's. Uh, I like that uh, we experience things
1: differently. I definitely needed to be like tricked into like, I didn't feel, I feel horrible now that I'm saying this, but I didn't feel uncomfortable (laughs) at all. Like I felt very, uh, but that's because things were like slow and methodical and you're very good at like manipulating my calories or how they're distributed throughout the week, just to make me feel, because we know for my body, like any type of stress, um, like just my, just a little bit of my body is like, no, we're not doing this anymore. So uh, the, I think it's really cool that the methods that work well for you and your psyche, um, even as a coach, you're able to adapt them for like someone like me, who has a different, uh, uh, who needs a different approach and it can be a little bit more like methodical. Um, but we're get like, if I don't feel like I'm dieting, I could do this for a while and you have a really good approach. So well,
0: yeah. Thank you. Everybody Yeah. I think of like the pool analogy. I just like dive off the high dive into <laughs> like the deep waters. <laughs> and then you like you know where there's those slow gradients where it's like a beach where it kind of yes. like starts getting deeper and deeper. It's like you're like feel dipping your toes and like walking yeah. slowly in and yeah, we do that with like matador carb cycling with you, just like different variations. And I feel like during the week, you can handle like a little bit more of a deficit and then you need like a little bit of reprieve on the weekend. Whereas like, I'm like, if I'm in a dieting phase, like I'm just dieting. If I go out of that, then it like messes with my head. And I know some competitors are like that. And I don't know if it's, and I mean, this is like very specific to me, but I don't know if it's like my past, um, binge, like ED behaviors. But when I feel like I'm going low and then i go high it feels like i'm mimicking like a binge restrict cycle so i would rather mm, just go yeah. all in and like be baseline um i mean i still kind of struggle on like high days um just with that mentality um, sure. i have to really like reel myself in and <laughs> like be like yeah. all right fat kid shut up right now like <laughs> you're talking but i'm not listening to you um, but anyway. do you feel like you can relax more in a
1: reverse because you know like mm-hmm. uh, like your dieting phase has been shorter and mm-hmm. now you can just kind of like flip the switch into a different approach or do you
0: yeah, which is why I do more of a recovery diet I I really okay. don't thrive on and most people with ed backgrounds like if I know that they have that where they've binged mm-hmm. in the past, instead of doing slow and steady, like on a reverse, it just doesn't work for us. Like our brains are very, like we've been restricted and now we just want a lot more food baseline so that we don't go Mm -hmm. like hog wild and like literally eat 5,000, you know, calories in one day. It's better even though we had been like, you know, maybe on 1300 calories and then we go to 2000, that's better Mm -hmm. mitigation. Um, like if that's just what we're getting throughout and just like right. go into straight into the recovery mode um again it's kind of like that switch type of thing where mm-hmm. i mean and everyone's different some people don't like to you know they're not okay with like gaining a little bit of weight like right away after the show time. so they want to go really slow like incorporate yeah. the calories really like slow methodically in the reverse but yeah yeah i think i think that's why it's important to just kind of know different personality types, and we get to know our clients really well, so we can mm-hmm. understand, like, what their needs are, are totally different from ourselves right. or other athletes. So, yeah, that kind of segues into yeah. our topic, right? Um Yes. So, we're talking, I want to primarily focus on, I feel like we haven't done a well, I don't want to say we haven't done a good job of highlighting like the differences of especially wellness versus bikini training. But, Mm -hmm. um, you've had a lot of recent success. I mean, you've had somebody that just recently got top three. She was next in line for pro card. Um, first place got, you know, her pro card in 35 and then second place got hers in 40. And then she was third place. So, you've had a lot of success with wellness competitors and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of compare and contrast primarily that one. Um, we can talk briefly about figure. I think we've covered that with, um, a podcast. It's an interview with Karina, um, kind of more in depth. So today I kind of wanted to focus on wellness differences between nutrition, cardio, strength training, um, maybe even posing if we have time. Um, but let's start first with like training splits for your wellness competitors versus your bikini. What are some underlying concepts keeping in mind with the caveat that everyone's training is personalized to their bodies because each body like kind of reacts differently, but what are some general things that you do like as an overarching theme that's different in wellness versus bikini? Sure. So, um,
1: first of all, thank you for the compliment. I'm very proud of my wellness athletes. Um, But actually really enjoy the wellness category. I think that it's absolutely beautiful and it's really fun to program their training. So to answer your question, some big things that um, I take into consideration is because the wellness category is asymmetrical, which you've probably heard that before, Um, They want a lower bottom half. The training program is really designed around creating hypertrophy from the waist down. So depending on my athlete, um, they may get one upper body day, they may get two, they may get zero. Uh, It really depends on how they, what their body looks like when they come to me and then as it progresses throughout the, the training program. So I do put an emphasis on glutes for sure. Um, they are hitting glutes typically at least in some form or fashion three times a week. And there's also an emphasis on the uh, lateral quad because that is really what helps create a lot of volume when you're in that front pose to create width of the leg um, and a lot of like how I set up the training is to incorporate more compound lifts. So like for a bikini competitor, I mean, hip thrusts is like probably the primary compound movement I would put on their program. Um, for wellness competitors, I can add in back squats. I can add in, you know, conventional deadlifts, sumo deadlifts, um, more leg press variations. Um, so it's, there's a little bit more, variety in like getting the depth of the glutes but then also getting the width of the legs. So, um yeah, so I do some compound lifting and then usually at you know towards the end of their workout we're we're doing the finesse type of movements where we've hit the large muscle groups, we've overloaded the, you know, the muscle tissue and now we are kind of like etching in the detail so we'll do you know very glute specific exercises like um you know single leg glute hip thrusts or we're doing cable kickbacks or we're in a little bit higher rep than from maybe like the six to ten reps that we were doing beforehand so there's like variety in how it's laid out but i always start with the compound lifts and then do the deep more detailed
0: oh, single iso Um, single isolation movements from there
1: does that answer your question
0: yeah yeah like the auxiliary lifts at the end
1: yeah exactly so we'll like finish off with you know some leg extension variations with Mm -hmm. holds or rotation or you know all kinds of stuff
0: yeah yeah and the only thing I would have to add to that is for a bikini one other compound lift that I have is like one of my staples is RDL's um, banded RDLs, uh, just because the hamstrings and that glute ham tie in, I know specifically for some bodies like yourself, like where you're the very hamstring dominant, those aren't mm-hmm. as necessary, but for most bikini competitors, they do need to be able to show that swoop in the hamstring in the front pose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to get that glute ham tie in. So, um, I found, so you were talking about how, so in terms of upper body, Cause you had mentioned what yeah. you do for lower body do you what's your lower body splits for them if at all
1: what's the upper body you mean
0: yeah upper body oh uh
1: so i do shoulder work because we do they do like rounded uh you know judge feedback because you want to have some nice roundness in the shoulders i try and do very minimal if any usually i'm not having them train biceps or triceps um, Cause you're getting some of that incorporation into your other upper body movements. And um, I will train back. I'm definitely an advocate for training as many like core body parts as possible, but doing it intentionally so that we're focusing on hypertrophy in the right areas and just looking at functionality for those others. So similar to bikini, I do like a shoulder and back focus um, and kind of really just leave arms out of the equation and plenty of abs because these girls definitely have some nice ab etching too
0: yeah so do you find that it's less frequent so with bikini obviously we're going for an Mm -hmm. hourglass so we want like a little bit more taper in the lats to have the shoulders obviously it should be prominent like rear delts in the Mm -hmm. back pose whereas with wellness you know it has to be kind of like that bell so it has to be narrow up top um with, yeah. without getting injured. I mean, cause you need, like you said, you need kind of like balance everywhere, but it's unbalanced in the judging. So, um, yeah. is there anything that you do like posing wise, like pinching the shoulder blades where you have them kind of make sure they're more narrow or what do you do there?
1: Yes. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. The, how I position someone's back in posing for bikini versus wellness is very different. And a lot of it comes from the sh- the shoulder blades. So yeah, pinching the shoulder blades in the back for wellness, uh, it will help narrow your upper body. And um, really depending on the person's structure, how their elbows and arms are positioned in wellness too, will either like emphasize their lower half um, or help narrow it. I think it really depends on the person in that aspect.
0: Yeah. You'll see like Franciella, she really puts her elbows way out yeah to make her glutes look really big um mm-hmm. and then you'll see bikini competitors more right. with elbows pretty straight for the most part depending on the body type but right. um, because they kind of need to be lat flaring underneath that uh, hair in the back pose so that they open up their back fully so that it spans out um uh, to be equal with the I bottom think-
1: yeah, and to go off of the arms, too, I think for wellness, usually if you're getting a wellness competitor, they put on masks pretty easily all over. So that's why we have to watch the frequency of training the upper body. And I do notice if um, a wellness girl has really prominent triceps, having her arms down straight in her back pose flexes her triceps and actually can make her look too muscular up top. So it's it's a fine line of, like, the training and the posing making – The physique look what the judges are are searching for
0: yeah yeah so with nutrition um I know well let's first start with kind of like how somebody's weight maybe varied too as opposed to like wellness versus bikini and then also like how their cardio and nutrition gets impacted
1: yeah so um and My wellness competitor is usually way heavier than my bikini competitors, just for having more muscle mass. Um, typically, uh, it, it's a little bit different on how we look at ratios. So like the glute and ham tie-in measurements are going to be a little bit bigger than um, obviously a bikini competitor where we're trying to match that hourglass frame, but also keep track of their waist measurement as well, too, because a small waist will help the legs and hips look bigger and fuller as well too so we kind of make sure that that gets cinched in enough time for
0: um for their show
1: and what was the other aspect you wanted me to talk on
0: nutrition and cardio
1: oh okay yeah so uh nutrition again i think if you're getting somebody who's a wellness competitor and they're naturally a mesomorph Usually uh, you can give them a little bit more calories. I think that's really dependent. I've heard a lot of people say wellness competitors can diet on like a lot more calories than a bikini competitor. and I think that's true if you're looking at muscle mass. Um, but I also have wellness competitors that just have a really hard time dropping body fat, and that's the big thing that I notice on stage is you can have big legs, but the judges are looking for like the little bit of that quad separation. They're looking for the depth in the glutes. And so if you just have a lot of body fat on your lower half too, um, it you're gonna get docked for the conditioning aspect. So sometimes my wellness competitors I have to diet uh, pretty hard as well just to get that the body fat off. And then for a cardio. It's a mixed bag Some people respond really well to the list but I don't like putting a wellness competitor doing lo- like a long extended list session um, because I want to preserve as much muscle tissue as possible. so as long as their body is recovering I actually try and incorporate more hit um, for it being like a power movement and just helping emphasize keeping the volume of them those muscle bellies.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think you bring up an interesting point on the conditioning aspect. Um, I was just listening or like watching a video on an interview with a judge from USAs and she was talking about how it was so crazy. She saw the most conditioning in bikini in the lower half, like razor sharp V's, um, very conditioned glute ham tie in, but it was like, they lost all their upper body because They were, and they were so conditioned down in their legs that like most of the bikini category, they just didn't have as much fullness up top. And I think because, so they were pointing out that there's a couple of things that happen like with wellness, you know, they really need that sharp deep V in their glutes. And I think it almost has like transferred over to bikini where it's like pretty hard Ever since like Janet won the Olympia, like where she had like a distinct, really sharp glute ham tie-in, um, it's to get your legs that conditioned and to get your tie-in to show you tend to like most females, they'll lose from the top down. And so Mm -hmm. when they're dieting, when they're doing cardio, it's like they can lose a lot of upper body fullness by trying to get their Mm -hmm. legs to the point where they need to be conditioned to win a pro card. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. She said at USA, she was like, it was like the land of the conditioned legs and no upper body. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I literally was taking notes on every person, like add more upper body, add more upper body. Wow. Um, And yeah, I think, I think wellness has, av- obviously the glutes are way bigger. Um, mm-hmm. But because there's like those sharp deep Vs, I think it's kind of, mm-hmm transferred over into bikini a little bit like it's like we yeah. we kind of got away from you know the you can't really if you're a girl that has like high insertions you're gonna have to diet really hard to yes. get those like if you don't have long insertions where your yes. ham tie are showing when you are holding a little bit of body fat you're basically gonna have to whittle yourself down to Zero percent, no, not really. But yeah. um, you're gonna have to get like just absolutely peeled if you have mm-hmm. high insertions. So
1: no, I think that's very accurate uh, of that trend. The glute depth is just, you know, it's impressive to say the least. But um, yeah, I would agree with everything you said there.
0: Yeah, and then so you were talking about hit cardio with, um, you know, being more ideal for. The um wellness competitors, which you know those explosive movements, those white fiber type one um tissue, not the endurance red you know type two that are smaller, the white fibers mm-hmm. the explosive that sprinters have versus like marathoners, that's what you want in their legs you want them to be bubbly and round and full, yeah, and um you know sometimes like with a bikini competitor, it could be either or. Um, they could be mm-hmm. an ectomorph, where they just have like bird legs, so they have to have hit. Um, right. Or they could be like just probably like a borderline like wellness bikini person, where the legs are pretty small. With the addition of that category, like I th- feel like bikini has kind of gotten back to at least the size of the legs that it should be. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of like quad and all of that. So, I think a lot of people. To depending on their body type like if they're very mesomorphic um they may need to do lists to like kind of break down the tissue in the lower half and there's diego or is that smalls <laughs> i heard him yeah that's diego, diego. He, he had,
1: it's been a while since he's made a debut <laughs> <laughs> he
0: had to say hello he was agreeing with pop- you Amy. he's like totally i hear my girlfriend um <laughs> diego and i are buddies okay yeah. so That kind of wraps things up because we're at the 30-minute mark. Um, I just wanted to say today we hit a big milestone with the podcast. I think we are exactly at a four-year mark anniversary, like, or close to it. I don't remember when you did the Hurricane Pro in, I know it was in September of 2018. September 2018. It was 2018, so it's exactly four. Yeah. It's our four-year anniversary today. Oh, happy anniversary. (laughs) Happy anniversary. Uh, Well, I was going to say the big milestone was that we just hit um, 400,000 downloads. Wow. So right at our four-year anniversary. What a cool thing. So thank you, everybody, our listeners, um, for supporting our podcast. And we still want to always stay true to our mission that we keep this ad-free. We do this for the love of the sport and to share our knowledge for free to our listeners um just to help them out in the sport of bodybuilding so uh you know if you feel the kind-heartedness in your deep in your heart um please leave a rating or review um it just helps other people find the podcast and that's kind of like your way of paying it forward if you would like to tag us on your story on instagram we're found at prep life podcast or at glam girl bikini and we sure do appreciate it whenever we get um, any sort of feedback from our listeners feel free to dm us as well Um, if you'd like to sign up for the team you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button to apply for your unique unicorn prep this is your founder and ceo of glam girl bikini amy anger signing off with my fabulous co-host and this is chris nicole glam girl bikini coach and ifbb bikini pro
1: thanks for listening everyone